0: You're listening to sermon audio from Gospelite Baptist Church. For more resources or to donate to this ministry, please visit gospelite.org. Well, open your Bibles, if you would, to the book of Psalms. That's where we were last week. The month theme this, uh, this year of prayer is we're praying for men. And we were in the book of Psalms last week, chapter 128, challenging men to follow God's instructions towards godliness. And I want to thank so many men who responded to that uh, during the week with some sort of a call or email or text or just conversation that it was a challenge. And that's what we're praying we will do this month is challenge our dads, our husbands, the men of our church to step up and to be godly men. Today is Father's Day, and uh, we honor our fathers and father figures who have impacted our lives, We remember the powerful God given influence that men have over their families. Someone has described a dad, and I like it, a divinely appointed decision maker. The problem is that so many dads are not making wise decisions. If you had an earthly father, you were blessed with an earthly father who followed Christ, who made wise decisions while you were growing up, who reflected God's goodness and God's love in your home, then you're blessed. But what I have found in 30 years of pastoring is that number is dwindling. It it seemed as if that was the majority 30 years ago when you spoke on Father's Day. But today it seems like that's the minority. But I want you to know, even if you did not have a dad making wise decisions in your home or even now in your life, to God be the glory, you have a heavenly father. Amen. He is your protector. He is your provider. He is your God. He loves you deeply. And let me say this about our Heavenly Father, our Abba Father. He is the only perfect Father. All the rest of us are imperfect. And it is our joyful task in this life to grow up and look more like our Dad, our Heavenly Father, our Abba Father. And so this message is a challenge for all of us today to look at the examples of fatherhood from our Heavenly Father. And so... Our Heavenly Father is a pattern, a pattern for all dads that are here today. So as we look at the book of Psalms, several different places quickly through the book of Psalms, we're going to see four attributes of our Heavenly Father. And we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to teach us these attributes that we might model them to be better dads in our homes. Because there's something about being a daddy. There's just something about it. This morning, waking up to text messages from my children. Chloe made me a five-minute video with a song she wrote uh, this week and put pictures behind it, and man, it just it melts my heart because to be a good man, that's hard. It's hard to be a good man. To be a good husband, that's difficult. But to be a good man and a good husband and a good dad, that's the hardest of all. But that's the best of all. That's the best of all. And that is the desire of our hearts today, not to put pressures on you, Dad. Please don't take anything that is said last week, this week, or even next week as some sort of a guilt trip. It's not the motive of these messages at all. I'm not even scolding you in, in, this, in, in my preaching or correcting you. Here's the way I'd like for all of us to view this is we're, we're trying to help each other. We need each other. We need help from the Word of God. I've been a dad for 31 years. I couldn't say that in my early years of of, of pastoring. And I came to our church being a dad for three months. But now 30 years later, I've been a dad for 31 years. And I've actually graduated now to, to grandfatherhood. And I've got six grandkids. And I look back at my life with these three thoughts. And you probably do too. The first thought I have is this, that there's been a lot of joy. The second thought I have is this, there's been quite a bit of regret. And the third thought I have is I've gained a lot of experience. And so my desire this morning is to mingle the experience that I've, that I've had as being a father for 31 years, to mingle that with the Word of God. And prayerfully, we can look at these four attributes beginning in Psalm chapter 3 in verse 3 and see our Heavenly Father and the great father that he is to all of us and what kind of example he has given us. First of all, look at Psalm 3, 3. It says this, but you, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory and the lifter of my head. The first thing I want you to see about that uh, and, and that I wanna say about our Abba Father is this, our heavenly father is an encourager. He is an encourager. Children need encouragement. And they need somebody who will lift up their head. And that is what our Heavenly Father does for us. He encourages us. His grace is sufficient. We, we have a Heavenly Father who we can depend on to, to offer us freedom in Christ. And it's just an amazing thing every day. I woke up this morning with the joy of the Lord as a gift from our Heavenly Father. And I'm grateful today because we're living in a day of great stress. And do you know who's more stressed than parents? teenagers. Teenagers are more stressed than even their parents. So many young people are filled with insecurity. And what we see today as an attack from Satan on our young people is absolutely incredible. Did you know that suicide is the second leading cause of death among people from the ages of 15 to 24? Nearly 20% of high school students report serious thoughts of suicide and 9% have attempted suicide by the age of ages of 15 to 24. That's according to Carl Flesher of the UCLA Health Institute. The leading cause of death for 14 and 15-year-olds is suicide. The leading cause of death. Arkansas ranks number nine in the United States of America with 21 suicides per 100,000 people in our state. Why is this? These are... These are chilling stats. I believe these are living under unbelievable pressure, and they need someone to lift up their head. They need encouragement. You old-timers know this, that the days of Leave it to Beaver and Father Knows Best, those days are gone. Today, both parents are working. Today, children often come home to an empty home. Over 12,000 over 12 million teenagers are being raised in single parent homes. The music that's being drilled into their minds is full of sex and rape and drugs and suicide and despair. And this music in my humble opinion is mainly aimed at the youth. Many are afraid that mom and dad are going to get a divorce. Teenagers are afraid I remember one year my own daughter raised it in a, in, a, in a pastor's home in a, with, a, with a mom and dad who have, most for the most part, tried to be an example of, of, of love and of Christ to her. Even went to my mom, her mom a few years ago and said, do you think you and dad will ever get divorced? Why did she say that? For fear that what was happening to some of her friends would happen to her. This is the facts. This is this is Chloe, singing on our worship team today. Teenagers are afraid. Many young people are sad. Many children have had their youth taken away from them. They've been forced into an adult world. They've been forced into adult situations. And and then many are lonely. They've been given so many things. But what they want most of all is, is you. They want their parents. And at the end of the day, it's not the material things they're given that they really want. They want time with mom and dad. Many teenagers are angry. They're angry at their school. They're angry at their parents. They're angry at their step-parents. They're angry at their siblings. Last week, we talked about that statement that was revolutionary several years ago in one of Josh McDowell's books. Remember that rules without relationship equal what? Rebellion. And this is what's happened to so many of our young people today. They've been told, don't do this or do this. And what it's bred without relationship is rebellion. Many teenagers are confused. Some in their lives are saying, just say no. Others in their lives are saying, just do it. What am I saying? I'm saying this. Our kids need encouragement. Years ago, I preached a message entitled, Why Our Teenagers Need Cheerleaders. And not just their parents, but their teachers and, and, and others in the church to cheer them on. Fathers who will lift up their heads. Dads who will put their arms around their children on a regular basis and show affection and, and love and, and care. In fact, I have a suggestion for you on the screen today for this summer. And here it is. Dads Take your children out this summer. Spend some time with them, even if it means take a day off of work. Let them know it was worth it enough to actually say to, to your boss or the place where you work, hey, I need a day off. Why? I want to just spend some time with my child. And then when you do, look at them in the face and say, listen, I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the times that maybe I have not been there and and Dad wants to kind of start fresh with some things and some regular times with you and this is the beginning of of the rest of our lives together and I just want to invest in you and encourage you and, and be your biggest cheerleader. I challenge you this summer, dads. Our Heavenly Father is an encourager. And one of the ways He encourages us is He's always there. He's just always there. He's with us. He is the greatest dad. And dads, I don't know of a better thing we can do for our kids than to lift up their heads. Secondly, I want you to see in the same text, Psalm chapter 3, verse 3, that not only is our Heavenly Father an encourager, but our Heavenly Father is a protector. Look at the text again. It says, but thou, O Lord, you, O Lord, are a shield about me. In this passage, David was so overwhelmed by fear that he turned to God in trust and he, and he declared, God, you are a shield for me. And if you would know anything about a shield back then, it was a, a protective, it was huge, by the way. was are these little circle shields that you don't cover your entire body where you're, you know, it, it's, it's not really all that protective. No, this would have gone from the top of their heads to the, to the bottom, really, of their feet. It would have wrapped around them. It would have been a shield where they could move forward. If they were to turn back, their back would be exposed without protection. But this this was for those moving forward in life, trying to do something with their lives, trying to follow Christ. And this shield was an example. When David said, you are a shield for me, that's what he understood, that his God was a protector. I love Psalm chapter 4, verse 8, in peace. This is about our heavenly Father. In peace, I will both lie down and sleep for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety psalm five eleven. but let all those that trust their uh, that put their trust in thee rejoice let them ever shout for joy because you defend them he is a father to the fatherless he's a defender but thou our lord are a shield for me our kids need dads who will protect them And I say this with intensity, enthusiasm, because dads, it is primarily our responsibility to protect our children. There's so many dangers in the world today, and there's dangers as we experienced a few weeks ago, and our hearts were broken when we heard about what happened in Uvalde, Texas. Texas. And we're taking measures. I have a meeting tomorrow with parents in our school to take measures to to have more protection in our school. But can I tell you something? That's small beans compared to what I'm about to talk about. I'm going to meddle just a little bit. You've got a television in your home that's as dangerous as any weapon that's ever been formed. And on that television, primarily, again, aimed at our children is sex and violence and pornography and promiscuity and immorality and, and, and cursing. And, and I say this just, just to encourage you. You know, we have a television in our home. For 10 years, we didn't. In the primary years of raising our children, we had no television. Didn't realize how hard that was <laughs> until we got ours back. And I realized, man, I missed this thing. Missed all the ball games, Missed watching the teams play. We were, one of the reasons we got it is because every night we were at somebody's house watching a ball game. So we figured we better get this thing back so we can watch some games. And just being real with you, it was hard. But it probably helped us more than anything else just not even have to deal with it. Our smartphones are weapons against our children. I'm simply saying, dads, step up and protect your children. Our children don't need to be exposed to these things. So there needs to be some dads that will stand up and be a shield to their children. Why? Because that's what our Heavenly Father teaches us. He is a defender of His children. And God calls you and I, dads, to defend our children. There's two main drives in every teenager. The drive to be accepted and the sex drive. And they are in full swing by the time they become teenagers. They want to be accepted and their hormones are going crazy. You put those two things together and feed them a diet of what's coming across their phones and the television and it's a recipe for disaster. We've got to stand up and defend our children. We've got to make sure that we are... Wise to the deceitfulness of Satan and the things that he's doing to slip into their lives. Dads, yes, we need to be an encourager, but dads, we also need to be a protector, a shield, just like Abba, Father. Thirdly, our Heavenly Father is a counselor. I love this. Psalm chapter 12, verse 6, speaks about the words of the Lord. They're pure words. They're like silver. They are refined in a furnace on the ground, purified seven times. Isaiah 28, verse 29, this also comes from the Lord of hosts. He is a wonderful counselor. He is wonderful in counsel, and he's excellent in wisdom. When I speak of the word counsel, men, I'm speaking of teaching our children. And that takes time, and that takes wisdom, and that takes a lot of prayer. Where are our kids going to learn? Well, well, Preacher, that's why we have them in the Christian school. That may be part of it. Well, that's why we have them over there right now in, in Kids Light. You know, that's why they're at Madhouse, making a difference. MAD, Madhouse, that's our youth group, that's what we call it. That's Mo's job. And you know, he's got him, he's got him for an hour a week. Isn't that enough? Well, the television's got him for 20 hours a week, and the phone's got them for 40 hours a week. No, it's not enough. You see, what we need to understand, dads, is it's going to take time. And it's our responsibility primarily to counsel our children, to give our children wisdom that comes from Abba, Father, to spiritually train our kids. And that's why it may be that some of, or all of us really, need to be discipled and mentored by an older man who has walked that road, someone who, can, who we can talk to and ask questions to, hey, Truth of the matter is, I still have men in my life that I call and ask questions to. I, I'm thinking right now, if I had time, and I don't because I'm really moving through this message quickly this morning, but if I had time, I could share with you two or three really powerful illustrations of times in my life when it was difficult in our home raising teenagers, and I called men that God had placed in my life to counsel me and to consult me on what would they do if they were in my shoes, and thank, I'm so thankful for that godly advice. Dad, let's step up and teach our children. Let's talk to our kids about what the Scriptures say. Let's step into their lives and be wonderful in counsel. Listen, here's the truth. Son, I want to help you walk through this. Let's think it through. Is this really the right decision? It, wait a minute now. I, I see what, what you're thinking, but, but let's think about this, son. Let, let's mingle these two together. Let's talk this thing out. Our kids need somebody to tell them, by the way, A lot of our kids want someone to tell them what's the best thing to do. They want someone to tell them that. Dads, that's us. And then number four, and last of all, are you proud of me? Can you believe I did this? I'm almost done. I'm so proud. It's Father's Day. I should get a happy Father's Day, Pastor, right now. (laughs) Last point, whenever a preacher says last of all on a Sunday where 20 minutes went to something else, that's a big amen right there, all right? Our Heavenly Father is a friend. You know what's amazing about this? Is I could have chosen just about any passage of Scripture in the entire Word of God to preach this point. It's amazing. I got to looking through the Psalms, and everywhere I read in the Psalms, my my interpretation could have been, God, you're such a friend. But let me just read one. Psalm chapter number 4, verses 3 through 8. Again, I could have picked many, but, but notice here. But know that the Lord has set apart the godly for Himself. You can see here God saying, I I want you. I want a relationship with you. The Lord hears when I call to Him, He's near me. Be angry, do not sin. Ponder in your own hearts on your beds, be silent, offer right sacrifices. Put your trust in the Lord. There are many who will say, who will show us some good? Lift up the light of your face upon us, O Lord. You put more joy in my heart than they that have their grain and wine abound. In peace I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Now, what have I just read? I just read one passage of Scripture that is a description of a heavenly Father who is a great friend. He's just the great—there is no greater friend than Jesus— so many songs have been written about this relationship, this friend relationship we have with our Heavenly Father. And that's what your child needs. He needs a friend. Children need fathers who are friends. And I know this has been debated. And I know sometimes in our—and I think, I think it's in our arrogance and pride that we say, Son, it's not my job to be your friend. It's my job to be your dad. And I get that. And I want to be a, a, a firm person you know, stable person in my son's life, but I also want to walk alongside them sometimes and be their friend. And when you look at the characteristics of true friendship, it makes more sense that he is our friend. Because here's five ways to be a friend to your children. Number one, be positive. Be positive. Don't just be a negative parent. If I were to call Jeremy Horton up here to the platform today and say, Jeremy, uh, I want to ask you a question. and As soon as Jeremy started answering it, I just slapped him in the face. And then Jeremy stepped back and thought, well, maybe, I don't know, maybe pastor, I don't know. So he started talking again, just slapped him in the face again. I mean, at some point, Jeremy would say, this isn't going to work. I mean, you're not even letting me talk. And someone here this morning says, well, don't worry, Pastor, I would never verbally slap my child. But I'm not so convinced that verbal slaps are as vicious as your hand. And sometimes all our kids hear is don't do this or do that. All they hear is commands. And what they really need is not this negative belittling, but sometimes they just need someone to walk alongside them and be positive. Be positive. You know, I'm accused of being too positive. I'd rather be accused of being too positive than too negative. Pray for me. I do need to come. Sl- st- st- uh, I need to scale back a little bit. I am too positive. I admit it. But I'd rather err on that side. I mean, I'd rather see the glasses as, 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 as half empty instead, or half full rather, instead of half empty. And I think that's what our kids need. Is they need more positivity in their lives. Number two, be a listener. Be a listener. Your lecture will be heard if you listen first. I love to ask my children questions, and some of them can talk forever. Seriously. Mo, Mo can talk, I'm telling you. He's, he's a talker. He's on vacation with Susanna's family this week, and we were on the phone, and I was like, man, I, I got stuff to do here, man. Mo was just giving me all this good. It was great, though. <laughs> I'm giving him a hard time. It's Father's Day. He has to let me do this, right? But you know what I've learned? I've learned that if I let him talk, he's much more prone to listen when he's finished. And sometimes we're really good at lecturing, but we're not so good at listening. We're not real good at putting ourselves in their circumstances, Thinking of life from their point of view. Feel what they're feeling. You know, when we made some changes in our church, can I tell you, the num- if you were to ask me today, what's the number one reason, preacher, why you adapted some things and changed some things in our church, it would be this, I listened to the youth. I put myself in their circumstances. I looked at things from their point of view, and things began to make sense about some of the changes that we were praying about making. I'm not ashamed of that. I've been criticized for it. All Capace did was just, you know, just listen to those, you know, dumb kids. Can I tell you something? Our kids are pretty smart. They have some good insight. I've learned a lot by listening to my children, listening and putting myself in their circumstances and understanding things from their point of view. They want to know that you care enough to understand. They want to know that. Do you really care enough to listen All the way through to why this is so hard to break up with this person you want to hear why this is so difficult dad to make the decision you're asking me to make and i'm hoping that when i finish maybe you'll reconsider but if not you know i I want to hear what you have to say these are the conversations i've had for 31 years and it's it's it's, it, it requires a whole lot of listening number three abba father is gentle so let's be gentle we need to learn to hug more We need to learn to be more tender. I love what the Apostle Paul said when he was speaking to the church at Thessalonica in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7. He said this, but this is Paul speaking, the great Apostle Paul, but we were gentle among you. Paul said, I was like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. I love this. Paul is saying here, Let's be gentle with those that follow us. Let's be gentle, dads, with our children. Let's not be afraid to give them hugs, to give them non-verbal, a more non-verbal language, a touch, a hug, a kiss on the cheek or the forehead. I mean, just encourage them along the way. Be gentle. Number four, be a transparent dad. Or maybe say it like this, be a transparent parent. Be a transparent parent where they know you, where you just get real sometimes. I don't mean you have to tell them everything, okay? I, I think sometimes we say way too much. Sometimes I get nervous with some of the things I hear. You know, our teachers even saying to our kids, like, well, maybe that was a little bit too much. Maybe, I, I know we want to be real and transparent, but let's be careful that we don't go too far. But by the same token, I think sometimes we err on the side of not being transparent enough. When you're hurt, let them know you're hurt. When you're happy, let them know you're happy. When you fail... Admit it. That's changed our home. The Capaci family is probably more different today since dad has learned how to say, I was wrong. I made a mistake. I'm sorry. Man, everything changes when you're you're transparent enough to just humble yourself before your children and admit that you failed. And then finally, be available be available. Our kids need someone who is accessible. They need someone who is there. Be available. This is so challenging in our busy world today. I'm reading a book uh, right now from uh, a Southern Baptist pastor. I think he's in the president of Send Relief now. His name's Vance Havner. He, he wrote a book on how to deal with stress. And honestly, I, I'm not a stressful person. I don't deal with a lot of anxiety, but I, I do have a very busy schedule. And so, I'm learning a lot from the book as to how to never allow my schedule to get so out of priority that I begin to neglect my family. I need to be accessible for my family, for my children. Last night, we had the best time. Katie got in last night. She just became one of my daughters. We've been reading this book called Redeeming Love. We read the whole thing out loud in our home been amazing. I encourage everyone to read that book. It's un- on, don't, don't, you know, I saw the movie. The movie can't even, I didn't watch the movie. I don't even know if I'm going to read the book. It's incredible. It's life transforming the, the storyline. We've been reading it. So we read the last two chapters last night, and then after we talked for an hour, and you know what we talked about? The song we just sang, I am who you say I am. We talked about our, our, the God of heaven who loves us, who is our Father, who comes alongside us in our pain and difficulty and mistakes I don't know what time we actually got to bed last night but I know this it was worth every minute we spent with the tv off communicating being accessible to one another this is what our homes need well if I could read you one last thing just on the screen not in your notes and close here's a dads who, who whose kids have all grown up I read this recently they're all out of the house He said, if I had it to do all over again, this is what I would do. I'm going to read you what this dad said, and then I'm going to tell you who the dad was. He would love his wife more in front of his children. He would laugh more with his children, even over his mistakes and his joys. He said he would listen more, even to the youngest child. He said he'd be more honest about his own weaknesses. If he had it to do all over again, he'd stop pretending perfection. He said he'd pray differently for his family. He said instead of focusing on them, he'd focus more on him. Rather than asking God to change them, he would pray more for God to change him. Number six, he would do more things with his children. Number seven, he would be more encouraging and give more praise. Number eight, he would pay more attention to the little things. And number nine, he would share God more intimately with his family. He would use every ordinary thing that happened in every ordinary day to point them to God. This is what the great Bible teacher John MacArthur said if he had it to do all over again. Can I say this after reading that list now about for the fifth time? I don't have to write a list. I don't have to write a list. You say, why is that, Pastor? Because he wrote it for me. I agree, John. I agree with that list. Dads, don't have these regrets. Take this little 20, 25-minute message and turn it into something that can transform your lives. And if you have some regrets, Dad, it's not too late to start wherever we are, making those phone calls, coming alongside our children and grandchildren and becoming not just a godly man, but a godly father who is trying to be like his dad in heaven. We have a great example. Our heavenly father has never made a mistake. He's never left his children alone. He's always encouraged us, and he's always protected us. He's always been our friend. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Today we have... And I have a father who we can call Daddy this morning. So wherever you are in your life today, would you take a moment this morning and and just say thank you, God, for being the greatest example of a heavenly father, of a father rather, that, that, that I could have helped me to step into my role in a more committed way. Happy Father's Day, dads. It's a great day. But it's also a day to look inside and say, God, make me more like you. You're a good, good father, and I want to be more like you. If you need to be saved today, if you've never trusted this good, good father to forgive you of your sins, to wash away every stain, and, and to become your dad, you can do that today. And I encourage you this morning, if you've never, ever been saved, to step out this morning and meet me here in the front Or see me after the service. Let's talk about that great decision that you saw some men making in that missions video. This is a mission field. Somebody here today is lost and needs to be saved. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you, God, for this service. We pray, God, that you take everything that has been sung and said and testified and the Word of God that's quick and powerful. Father, would you now apply it to our lives? Holy Father, would you begin to make us more holy as we yield our lives to you, as we determine to walk in your ways, as we read the Psalms in light of this message on our Heavenly Father. God, may we step into that role with more intention of of being more like you. You set the perfect example for us to follow. God, help us to follow that today. We love you. Bless this invitation. May we respond as you lead us to respond, however that may look for each of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Shall we stand together?